0: Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, the National Labor Relations Board hands a major setback to the SCIU's $180 million corporate campaign to unionize restaurants. Local officials and free market groups push back against California's gag rule against discussing government workers' Janus rights, and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upholds the Trump administration's Title X rule, withholding federal family planning funds from facilities that perform or refer for abortion. Since 2013, the Service Employees International Union and its affiliates have spent up to $180 million on public relations firms, lawyers at home and abroad, left wing worker center pressure groups, and worker organizing committee proto labor unions to wage a corporate campaign called the Fight for 15, targeting McDonald's and other quick service restaurant brands. The SEIU's goal? Get McDonald's declared a joint employer with its franchisees, allowing the SEIU to agree to a card check agreement with the big company in Illinois that would force tens of thousands of McDonald workers into the SEIU without a secret ballot vote, and raise hundreds of millions of dollars in dues and fees revenues for one of America's most politically aggressive labor unions. This week, the National Labor Relations Board handed a stinging rebuke to the union, rejecting the novel interpretation of joint employment demanded by SEIU and approved by the Obama-era Labor Board, adopting only a slightly modified version of the long-standing direct control standard scuppering the union scheme. While the Washington Examiner characterized the rulemaking as a final blow, the SCIU has not and will not give up on the fight for 15. The PRO Act, the Union wishlist legislation passed by the House of Representatives that we have covered extensively, including in our 100th episode special, would override the NLRB rulemaking and reinstitute the Obama-era standard, reviving the SCIU's pressure campaign. But for now, the PRO Act is unlikely to advance in the United States Senate. So where does that leave the SCIU and its spending? First, it's worth caveating that not all the $182 million identified as going to groups involved in the Fight for 15 was spent on the Fight for 15 itself. Law firms, for instance, might have received money for contract and grievance adjudication, other issue advocacy legal campaigns, or general compliance work. The SCIU has secured pro-union employment legislation such as the $15 per hour minimum wage mandates in left-wing jurisdictions like Seattle, Washington, New York City, and California. But one look at the Labor Department reports of the SCIU National Fast Food Workers Union tells the tale. Zero members, no successful organizing. The SCIU announced substantial cutbacks to the fight for 15 in 2017 amid internal squabbles over the effectiveness of the campaign, and a brewing scandal involving workplace misconduct by campaign architect Scott Courtney, who resigned from the union amid allegations he had violated the SCIU's anti-nepotism policies by promoting women with whom he was having sexual relationships. More labor news. The California Policy Center and Center for Individual Rights have joined with seven local elected officials to file suit against a California law that states, quote, A public employer shall not deter or discourage public employees or applicants to be public employees from becoming or remaining members of an employee organization, or from authorizing representation by an employee organization, or from authorizing dues or fee deductions to an employee organization. An employee organization, namely a labor union. California's law, enacted in 2018 in anticipation of the Janus v. AFSCME ruling that held that forced dues provisions in government employment violated the First Amendment, is one of a number of provisions that labor union backed public officials have pushed to keep employees in the dark about their rights, or to force them to keep paying union dues to unions they don't support. This gag rule isn't even the most egregious such proposal. Washington state proposed exempting unions from financial liability under state law for violations of Janus and requiring employees wishing to refrain from paying dues to submit their requests to do so in writing, on terms set by the union. Meanwhile, unions could obtain consent to join the union and authorize dues deductions over the telephone. Oregon proposed creating a state slush fund to pay unions directly out of taxpayer coffers. Some unions have responded in even more creative ways. One Oregon state employee joined with the Free Market Freedom Foundation to allege that SCIU Local 503 actually forged his signature on a dues authorization card, a discovery the man made after he attempted to withdraw from membership and dues payments after receiving subpar member service. SEIU Local 503 naturally demanded that he continue paying dues, until mid-2020, based on the allegedly forged authorization. For good measure, Freedom Foundation is joined with four other employees who have similarly alleged that their signatures were forged on union cards or that they were falsely declared to have signed electronically. One worker has already received a partial settlement and a payout of $28,000. Unions hope to use contractual language buried in fine print on these authorization cards to bind skeptical workers into making dues payments in spite of their rights to withdraw. California's law, and similar efforts in other states, are part of the strategy to keep government workers in the dark about their rights to refrain from union membership and to refrain from financially supporting a labor organization openly hostile to their values or their aspirations. Finally, good news from the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit of all places. The court, frequently notable for progressive judicial activism so extreme it sees itself reversed unanimously at the Supreme Court, held that the Trump administration has the authority to condition Title X funds for family planning on recipient facilities neither providing nor referring for abortions. Organizations that receive Title X funds may still refer for abortions, but only in separate buildings from those receiving federal Title X funds. Non-directive abortion counseling is still permitted under the Trump administration rule, a fact the court noted in its ruling. Planned Parenthood had already withdrawn from Title X, costing the nation's largest network of abortion providers and one of its most prominent advocates for widespread legal abortion an estimated $60 million in federal funds. The Americans of the Liberties Union and other secularist social progressive groups expressed dismay at the ruling. They can be expected to challenge the decision either before the whole Ninth Circuit, known as an en banc hearing or at the Supreme Court. That's our show for this week. We encourage you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.